a seat for just a minute. So, happy Mother's Day. Moms, we love you. Mothers, new mothers, mothers-to-be, grandmothers, happy Mother's Day to you. Um, I was thinking through Mother's Day things because nine out of 10 times, we're gonna be flying our way through a, a book, a, a scripture. Um, but I had the opportunity, given where we are, to kind of not, not focus on Mother's Day. I don't, I don't want to do that, but to, to preach from the scriptures, you know, with that in mind. And um, Sai sent me a text, and, and we were going back and forth um, about an idea that, that she had. And then as we got to the end of that, I got to thinking about my mom and (laughs) um, my middle school and high school years and what my mother was in the middle school and high school years, what was a taxi driver, Uh, a not well-paid taxi driver at that. I, I, I would every day of every week have some kind of band sectionals thing after school, right after school. She would pick me up from there with shin guards and cleats in the car and I would change clothes in the back seat on the way to the soccer fields where she would then leave and come back with a plate full of food and I would take off those and put on comfortable shoes so I could do band from six to nine, marching band from six to 9 p.m. And she would come back pick me up at 9 p.m. and we would be on our way to school at whatever the next morning. And this is how the cycle went from church to soccer, to band, to soccer, to golf, to soccer, to football, to soccer. But the laundry always got done. I'm not sure how that happened. The dishes always get done and I'm not sure how that happens. I just know that Mama made it happen. And what Sai was mentioning was the the sacrifice that moms make to be what moms biblically ought to be. The the help mate, the soul mate, the, 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 the sacrificial giver, the support. The, the, the cornerstone that we stand on as, as families. And she said, you know, she said, I, I think we ought to take, I think we ought to think about taking communion Sunday. So we can focus on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, the ultimate sacrifice. And then as families start to consider that in order for our families to succeed, in order for our families to endure, it takes sacrifice. I'm going to use a different word, selflessness. We had a great 
great marriage retreat this weekend. Great discussion, great date nights, great all around, just great time. And right off the bat, the guy we were listening to, he starts talking to me. He says, I hear all the time these young couples, they come into my office. I'm looking for my soulmate. I'm looking for the person to make me happy. I'm looking for the person to make me, oh, stop it. You're stupid. It's not about you. When will we grow a generation? And trust me, we're, we're, we're starting. This says, man, I'm looking for the person that I can make whole. I'm looking for the person that I can give of myself to. I'm looking for the person that I can define the cross for. Come on. Today, we're going to take a few minutes to worship. And in our worship, we're going to take communion. We're going to pray for our families. We're going to pray for our marriages. We're going to pray for our mommies. We're going to pray for those who've lost. It wasn't a mommy, but we, we, did, we lost a member of our church family this week. Brother Ron and Miss Nadine used to, they sit right over here and Ron went to be with Jesus last Thursday night. Nadine said, if I was going to say anything at all, I was to say he got his wings. Because that's all we heard every time I would visit. Take his hand. He said, oh, it's okay. I'm ready for my wings. <laughs> Good deal, brother. Go get them. <laughs> Go get them. Fly high, sweet friend. So Miss Nadine's working on her arrangements today. That's why she's not with us. But for a few minutes, would you let sacrifice and selflessness fall on you? Would you let others and not me surround you? When you're ready, would you come and would you pray for something that, no offense, is not you? <laughs> Start there. What can I do? Maybe just pray for somebody that's not you. And then would you take the bread and take the cup and maybe do that as a couple or as a family? And let me say this, we're, we're very open. If you are a believer, the bread and the cup are broken for you. Now listen to me. If you're not a believer, nobody's going to slap you on the hand. But you're not taking communion. You're having appetizers. Okay? That's just, that's just true and as loving as I can say it. Take a few minutes to worship the Lord. His sacrifice. Take a few minutes to be family. Selfless to one another. Spouse to spouse. Parent to child. And do this in remembrance of me. Do this because you remember me. Live out 
in memory of me.
The altar stays open, folks. It's always open, always. Um, it's time for our kiddos to head upstairs. Kiddos, wait, wait for Miss Sarah. She's coming. And Mr. Les is right here. There we go. All right. Follow the yellow brick road, all ye little munchkins. So if you haven't, not because I think it's good or I don't think it's good, but, but if, you, if you haven't taken time to listen to and or re-listen to the message from last week, um, please do. Please do. For a lot of reasons, please do. Um, I, 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 I make no apologies um, for it. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah, I got a lot of oops and, and, and ouches as uh, people sent me texts about the message. But it will, it will give you an idea as to uh, the, 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 I know, a good idea about where we're going. It will. Uh, what we're going to try to do over the next, I, I don't know, six weeks or six months. I, I don't know. Um, I do know that it's going to play out through the fall as far as our small groups. I do know that um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be revisiting things that we value. We value as a church. Uh, we've had lots of visitors, uh, several new members, uh, a couple coffee and covenants, and there will be a couple more because of all the, the new people that we're, we're seeing. But we're also going to kind of go over all that. It's been about three years since we did that on a Sunday, since we reminded one another who we are as a church body, what we value as a church family, what we think makes a church healthy. So we'll be revisiting those things over the next couple of weeks. And by the end of that time, I'm going to be ready. I think the Spirit's going to be ready in me to, to begin to push toward. All I know is the church that God called us to be. Not us, church. The, the church that God, and we, you know, that, that heaven applauds. I think that's about how we act and how we treat one another. And that was a great book for us. And there was a lot in there that we'll use. But I'm talking about the church that God ordered, the church that God asked for, the church that God stands over and goes, that, that's what I meant. So, so that's kind of where we are and, and, and catch up on that last week. But for this week, we're going to be in first and second Kings, first and second Kings, a couple of very similar and very simple stories about mothers, mothers 
who had questions, mothers who had concerns, mothers who had trials, but mothers who had faith. And we're going to pull some very simple lessons out of this for the church family today, all right? So let's read story A, 2 Kings chapter four, starting in verse one. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your home? Your servant has nothing there at all. A small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. I love that line. Listen again. Doesn't seem to mean a lot, but it does. Go and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't just ask for a few. May I have all the empty jars that you have, that you'll give me. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. It's also important. I want you to go inside and I want you to shut the door. Here's why that's important. Cut me off. Cut me off. So it's just you and your sons in the home. Pour oil into the jars. So take the small jar of oil that you have, pour it into the jars. Now, right about this time, it went from, ask my neighbors for empty jars. Yeah. Okay. And go ahead and ask him for all they have just because. Okay. And pour oil in them all. From what? Right there is where this goes to crazy town, right? I have a little jar of olive oil and you want me to just pour. Yes. I want you to shut the door and then pour. She left him. Shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring another one. But he replied, there are no jars left. And then the oil stopped flowing. And then the oil stopped flowing. Now I have a house full of jars, full of olive oil. How's that gonna help? She went and told the man of God and he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debts and you and your sons will live on what is left. This, is a simple story 
of a mother's love, a mother's faith, and a mother's action. A mother's love, and a mother's faith, and a mother's action. One of the most disappointing things, I can tell you as a pastor, one of the most disappointing things is believing what I hear from the lips of my people and seeing nothing in the lives of my people. That's hard. And this mother had a choice, right? She had a choice. Elisha, that's dumb. Elisha, that's not going to work. Elisha, did you not hear me? I'm going to lose my boys. They want to take my boys as slaves. Woman, shut the door and pour. Isn't that like Jesus? Woman, shut the door and pour. Look, I know you don't realize this, but this happens all over the Bible. This, this is the same story as, 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 as the, 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 the wedding feast, right? They have no more wine. Okay, cool. Go get the dirty feet water. Take a big dip of it out and go tell your boss to have a drink of it. No. Okay, then you're going to be out of wine. Mmm, that's the best wine we've had. That's because you've had a lot. <laughs> it's the only explanation. That or Jesus. That's why the door's shut. That's why the door's shut. So it was all about God, not about the prophet. So it was all about God and not about the prophet. And I mean that two ways. Prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T, because they were going to get that too. He, they did, God said, didn't he? I will give you immeasurably more than you could ever ask for or imagine. When you obey me in action, I keep my promises. And I promise this, you will have all you need. And the Israelites, go take the diet bread off the ground as the dew and take what you need for the day. And on the Sabbath, take what you need for two days. What happened if they took more? It molded. What happened when she ran out of jars? It dried up. God knows a mother's love and a mother's faith and then a mother's action or obedience turns into a family restored, a God who gives and needs met beyond expectation. One of the struggles that we have as believers with our faith is if we can accomplish it on our own, we will try. 
If we can accomplish it on our own, we will try. Here's the problem. You may be able to accomplish on your own what you see as the goal. But your God is too small. Wait, what? My God is too small. I worship the same God as you. I don't know. I've told you all, I got ticked off when my campus minister in Georgetown handed me a book that he wanted me to read called Your God is Too Small. I didn't read it for three or four weeks. You know why? Because I didn't like the title. My God is not small. You will not call him small. That's the end. I'm not reading it until I open it up. And I realized that me and everybody around me sees God too small. Maybe for you, he's just the cosmic cop. He's there to punish you when you do something wrong. Maybe you see him as the grandfather. He will give you wisdom and provide a nice meal for you when you show up at his house. Maybe you see him as the Santa Claus of the cosmic universe. You ask, he delivers. But your God is too small. And if you choose to believe that through your efforts, you can get things, you will be right. But it will be only in part. You will get only what you can, not what he can. And so what he says is, stop trying to do it on your own. Do what I ask and watch what happens later. All this woman really wanted was her family to stay together. What she got was her family to stay together, provisions in her home, profit for her family, and paid off the debt. Very similar story happens one book before this. Not Elisha, but Elijah. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now, it was still customary for them to take care of the widows, not the widows to take care of you. So this thing starts backwards, right? But he's a prophet of God. He follows God's orders. So I went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, would you bring me a little water so I may have a drink? As she was going to get the water, that part wasn't bad, and bring me please a piece of bread. Bring me please a piece of bread. The woman, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I cross my heart and hope to die. I don't have any bread except a handful of flour, a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home to make a meal for myself and my sons that we may eat it and die. Well, you're just a joy-filled presence, aren't you? Sir, 
I understand that God has directed me to help you. I was going to get the water, right? Uh, but you asked for bread. And here's the problem. I got enough bread to make um, two, two crackers. I'm getting some sticks right now to build the final fire, if you would, so that I can bake said crackers. And we're going to eat them, and then we're going to starve. That's kind of how it's going to go down in my house. <laughs> Elijah said to her, no, 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 no worries. Don't be afraid. Go home and do j just like you said. But first, come on. First, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make some for yourself. Maybe you didn't hear me. I have enough flour to make a cracker for me, a cracker for my sons, and that's all. Elijah, maybe you didn't hear me. <laughs> I said, go make the bread. Take the first part of the bread and bring it to me, comma, so saith the Lord. See, this is, for this is what the Lord God says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain. Now you got a choice. You can make your last cracker and you can eat your last supper. Or you can take a chance. You can have a little faith. You need to listen to you some George Michael. Put it on loop and go bake your bread. Bring me mine first. Church, does any of this sound familiar to you? Go and make, but what? Bring me mine first. Go and farm, but bring me mine first. Go and animal, but bring me mine first. Go and money, but bring me. Um, <clears throat> and if you do, the flour won't run out. The oil won't run out until it rains. What does that have to do with the price of tea in Taiwan? Well, that's what I'm here for. We are three and a half years into a famine at this moment. Three and a half years, no rain, no crops. Everyone's on their last leg and nobody knows when the rain's coming. So this is a hard ask. But what we have is a mother's love, a mother's faith, and a mother's obedience. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food for every day for Elijah and for the woman 
and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word, the Lord spoke to Elijah. Church, there is a very simple lesson here. God provides, but he provides for those who have faith. God provides, but he provides for those who have obedience. Over and over again in the scriptures, those who obey the Lord see the bountiful, the beautiful, the miraculous from the Lord. May you have faith, may you have love, and may it act itself out in obedience because you can chase everything you are able and you will get some. But... Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be added unto you. It's almost like this book was built to go together. Two moms. Abundant love. Faith in action abundant miracles. But all we have is five loaves and two fish. Uh, that's not all you have. You have five loaves. You have two fish. And you have the God of the universe. You have all you need. Him first and the floodgates that he chooses to give will open. I want that for you. Let's pray. Jesus, you're the well that won't run dry. Jesus, you're the drink that satisfies living water, spring of life. Jesus, you're the well that won't run dry. God, impart in the depths of our souls the simple yet divine message from both of these stories. God asks little of us, but if we respond, he blesses beyond anything we could ask or imagine. May we live with that kind of faith. And may we as individuals and as a community and as a family and as a church see blessings beyond measure. Love. Faith in spite of what is asked, in spite of our circumstances, in spite of what we might be afraid of, and obedience. In Jesus' name, amen.